2: Is the Fox Bet Sports Action Podcast. Fox Bet. Make the call. Download the app today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now here's Mark Madden, Mike Pursuta, and Tim Benz.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another should-be award-winning edition of the Fox Bet. You Make the Call Podcast. Mike Pursuta along with Tim Benz and Mark Madden here once again on a late Thursday morning in the fighting city of Pittsburgh to talk about two of our favorite subjects, sports And gambling. That's really uh, easy to uh, marry those two when you download that Fox Bet app, if you haven't uh, done that already. What are you waiting for? And, guys, a lot to chew on today. As I mentioned, it's a late Thursday morning. The Penguins are getting ready to host the Philadelphia Flyers, two teams going in uh, distinctly opposite directions. The Penguins getting ready to unveil Jeff Carter, and we're going to see what that looks like initially tonight. Madden. Is it time to start betting heavily on the Penguins? As Benzie alluded last week, they're playing this spate of games against non-playoff teams. Does it look like they're uh, in position to stack some W's here?
2: I hope so, but I don't feel like it's a short thing because they still have a, a myriad of injuries with, with Tanavan and Malkin and Kapanen and now Freddie Gaudreau. Like six weeks ago, we didn't even know who Freddie Gaudreau was. <laughs> and then he worked his way into a useful spot in the lineup, and now he's hurt for, uh, I don't know, I guess it's week to week. So uh, I'd like to think they can go on a run here, but you never know about injured teams. And even though I think the acquisition of Jeff Carter was a good one, uh, him fitting in provides a bit of a adjustment period. So do I think the Flyers are in the tank? Yes. Do I think they have the worst goaltending in hockey? Yes. Would I bet the Penguins tonight? Yes. Would I wait and see from there? Yes. But tonight, I do like the Penguins uh, more because the Flyers are just awful. I can't believe they're so bad after big things were predicted for them uh, before the season started. But if you ain't got the goaltending, you ain't got no chance.
0: I would also pick them against the Flyers. It's always something you can bank on when a guy of repute gets traded to a new team that he's going to score at least one point. Well, unless you're Taylor Hall. Uh, Aside from that, usually you see guys score when they go to new teams, especially if they play your old team, and this is one of Jeff Carter's old teams. And then after that, it's two against Buffalo and three against New Jersey, and the Devils have lost seven of eight most of that timing in with the trades that have been made to subtract guys from their roster, and the only win they've gotten is against Buffalo. So despite the run of injuries that the Penguins continue to sustain, uh, I suggest betting, betting them and betting them heavily more than not.
1: You know, I, I, at times such as these, I, I have to recall what uh, Mike Terrian once said when he was head coach of the Penguins, asked about if they knew uh, what New Jersey would be throwing at the Penguins before a particular game, and he said, oh, yes, we know what to expect from the devil. And uh, truer words may never have been spoken. Tim, you had brought up last week, as I mentioned, uh, Penguins playing this run of games against non-playoff teams, and it started with a loss... To the Rangers, I shouldn't say non-playoff teams, non-qualifiers at the time of the game. Right,
0: the Rangers at the time then and, and now are still fifth. Yeah. They lost that game, then they beat the Rangers and won against the Devils twice in a well, row. But if yeah, I so can
2: interject, if anything is of capable of taking around run at Boston from behind for that fourth spot, I think it is the Ranger. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but they got good goaltending with that Chesterkin, and they can skate. One thing about the Rangers – I'm impressed by how fast they are and how fast they are in the third period, which is youth being served. They have given the Penguins fits. Even in some of the games, the Penguins have won. You recall that third period from about a month ago when the Rangers got the first 15 shots of the third period and the Penguins first shot quite usefully uh, slid into an empty net courtesy of Sidney Crosby. So uh, don't count off the Ranger. I don't think they'll get there, but I bet they stay close.
0: You mentioned, yeah, you, empty, you mentioned empty nets, Mark. That's kind of been a gambling story this year for the Penguins, hasn't it been? You know, if you're sitting on an over-under, I don't know how many times the exact over-under is come into play with the empty nets, but the Penguins used to be a team that you would drive you crazy if you had the over because they were usually winning and they were usually missing empty nets. Now, all of a sudden, they're the best empty net team in hockey this year.
2: And I'll okay, tell you when yeah. that does come into play when you're given a goal and a half. That yep, too, yep. yeah. Yeah, well, I just is empty. Handy. The empty net impacts the puck line more than the over-under. The empty net impacts the puck line almost every time it goes in. And the Penguins this year have 14 empty net goals, which must make the, the owner proud, Mario, because nobody was better at putting through the empty net than he was. Yeah, that uh, the
1: double streak that uh, Tim alluded to and uh, the non-playoff streak. It's Philly tonight couple with Buffalo and then three straight against New Jersey. New Jersey, one and three since trading Palmieri and Zajac. And, uh, I, and the I win was against
0: Buffalo, so.
1: Yeah. Although the Sabres, believe it or not, guys, we had a lot of fun with the Sabres this year.
0: They've been four, better than the Devils, and they've been better than the uh, Flyers lately.
1: Four, two, and two in the last eight since that 0-15 and three streak ended. And points in seven of nine, so Buffalo is not going quietly, and uh, lately not going nearly as often as it used to over that cliff and into the abyss. There was a time when you know whoever the Sabers were playing, just give the goal and a half line. You were it was gravy. But uh, time to reevaluate and
2: adjust. Well, they got a break when they got rid of their locker room cancer, Taylor Hall. I mean, it's one thing to only have two goals on the whole friggin' season. It's another to be a jerk, which he was. He's a quitter. He's a loser. And the Bruins aren't going to be helped by him. In fact, I believe they'll be hurt by getting Taylor Hall. And I think Taylor Hall is going to be out of the league within two years.
0: Mark, do you think that's limited to just Taylor Hall? Or do you think the, the, the Eichel factor comes in there too?
2: Oh, the Eichel factor comes in there in a big way. Uh, it was just announced that Eichel's out for the year with a neck injury. And I wonder if that neck would have been injured had he been traded to a contender. Uh, if Herb Brooks coached Eichel, he'd say to him, the neck is a hell of a long way from the heart, you candy ass.
0: Well, I think he sprained his neck constantly looking behind him to see what puck he'd gone in the net most recently.
2: Yeah, I'm not well, an Eichel fan. Uh, by all accounts, he is the definition of a mass hole. You know, the, the jerk from Boston. And now a guy like that's in a beer ad. Go figure. It's amazing the crap we glorified today. But uh, no, I'm not a Jack Eichel fan. Tim, I can't remember. Where did uh, Jack Eichel go to college? Oh, uh, That would honest?
0: be the Boston University, Mike, That's as I recall. That's right. He's a yes. BU
1: guy. Okay, just wanted to, you know, for my own personal edification. And as we all
0: know, like, we can draw the line of demarcation between BU guys that we liked and BU guys that we didn't like at, what, uh, February 13th, 1980, correct <laughs> <laughs> After Ruzioni and Craig got done what they needed to get done, every time thereafter we could go back to ripping on Boston University again.
2: Hey, I, I wish B you would have been in the Frozen Four this year. I would have been more interested, Trip. I know you love the Frozen Four, no matter who's in it, but there was never a least sexy Frozen Four than the one hosted at PPG Paints Arena this past week. Oh, I don't know about that. About the one that was hosted in 2013, when he had <laughs> Yale, Quinnipiac, St. Cloud State and mass Lowell. Okay. So you got me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty sexy for Mike and I, when we were both betting heavily on UMass and they kept scoring and scoring and scoring. That was all kinds of sexy for us.
1: You know, I'm glad you guys brought that up because, uh, it leads me to a, a, a good gambling, uh, footnote or story. Um, I got beat up during the, uh, semi doubleheader. I had two losers and an over under that didn't hit. And, um, we're what, what game were we watching? Was it the first uh, state, game? It was the first state game cloud and Mankato state. And at one point in the third period, man, Tim turns to me and says, whoever wins this game, we're betting against them on Saturday night <laughs> because it was Duluth against UMass in the in the nightcap, And both of those were perceived to be the better teams anyway, but uh, cloud and uh, Mankato played a competitive, if not, uh, Sloppy. Especially well played game. And uh, that turned out to be uh, a great call by Benzie because uh, we cleaned U-Mash up. Five, the other team, nothing. Cut the Nets, cut the Nets, cut the Nets.
0: We and, scrambled
1: back, baby. Yeah. Mark, you, you alluded to, earlier to uh, the Bruins and Taylor Hall, uh, which kind of led me to a point I wanted to get to today. Uh, I'm going to guess your answer is not Boston, but who do you think improved themselves the most? at the deadline in the mass mutual East division.
2: Uh, We've talked about that quite a bit on my program. You'd have to say the Islanders because Palmieri and Zajac just give them overwhelming depth up front. A lot of teams babble about wanting to roll four lines. Very few can truly roll four lines. And now the Islanders can actually do that. They can, they can have a pretty even division of duty if that's what they want. I mean, Barzal and you know, they're better players are going to get more minutes because of power play time. But, uh, they are extremely deep up front. I'm not crazy about their defense. I mean, it's okay, and their goaltending's okay, but their system's awesome, which is why their their goals against is so low. Think uh, so got anything left? My, pardon me? Braden Colbert, do you think he's got anything left? No, I don't. Um, so I think the Islanders play, help themselves the most. Washington is so overwhelmingly big now, I haven't got an Anthony Mantha, but he doesn't play big. He just is big. Pretty good hockey player. They horribly overpaid for him. That's a great deal by Steve Eiserman, the Red Wings GM, although it's worth noting that no player is worth as much as he's worth on trade deadline day. Mark, you so know how understand we- that invariably anybody a team feels can help, uh, they're going to overpay for him. It's like Jim Rutherford said, it really doesn't matter what you give up if you think you're a contender, it's what you get. Does that guy fill your need- and I think Jeff Carter, what, what worries me is Jeff Carter turns out to be the guy who plays second-line center when Evgeny Malkin can't. I I still have severe doubts about Malkin coming back. This notion that he's going to be okay for the last two games of the regular season, that seems just a bit too convenient for me. I'll be shocked if he plays then. I'll be shocked if he plays in the first playoff game.
0: Mantha, Mark, when you talk about guys who, play, who are big but don't play big, you know what name leaps to mind for me? Although, Mantha's better than this guy, but guy that the penguins got on a trade deadline day is ponikarovsky remember that big guy who didn't play big at all
2: you know who else reminds me of, 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 a, of a big guy who doesn't play big is jeff carter
0: true yeah
2: jeff sure. carter's 6-3 i saw somebody call him a power forward he is not a power forward i will give this to him though he is very opportunistic around the net six of his eight goals this year from near the blue paint he, he knows how to move in traffic and get his stick open. So that's a very useful commodity.
0: I don't like the way they're aligning the lines right now, though. It just hey, feels before like...
1: Before you get there, so chime in on uh, the division. Who who
0: Oh, who the helped deal. themselves the most? I I, th- yeah. I think it's the Islanders. I think it's the Islanders. I think that they got two guys who play well within their system, too. Like, they got two good fits, and they got... A um, couple of guys that can really give the Penguins fits too. Uh, well, that's Lamorello. You, Lamorello got guys he worked with in New Jersey,
2: and he knows exactly what to expect from them, and from they know the what to expect from <laughs> Lou's system because Trotz is coaching Lou's system. Yeah, there's no question. Trotz is a good coach, but 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 the Islanders play like the Devils did under Lou.
0: Mark, I heard Stan on your show um, a couple of days ago. I, I I disagree with where he's coming from about how the division might stack up at the end of the regular season. I don't put as much of a premium on them winning the division as he did. I just feel like these teams are so evenly packed and the way the playoff format is set up and the fact that the Penguins, if they were to win the division, which is possible, especially given the schedules that we talked about. By the way, guys, the Islanders play the Capitals three more times each and they each have the Rangers a couple times. The Penguins do not. The Penguins are the Capitals twice and that's it. Then they get Boston too. So the way I look at it is, you know if the pens have first place and they get boston in fourth that's not that much of an advantage given how they've played against the other two teams versus how they played against boston i just i think 1 through 4 is 1 through 4 in the east and then you figure it out from there
2: i disagree i think boston is is the clear cut 4 unless Taylor Hall can turn it on. I think you have dead. nothing
0: for the matchup of Boston and Pittsburgh. Like you don't think no, that's, I anything?
2: think right now it's the best matchup for Pittsburgh. It's entirely the opposite of what I said before the season. But if I had my druthers on behalf of the penguins, I would want to play Boston in the first round. I thought Boston was the best team in the division coming in.
1: I'm not ready to bail yet. Getting closer. Uh, really surprised that the Bruins have struggled. I know they haven't had Tuka Rask and they've had some guys out of the lineup as well, but I think the perfection line is the best line in hockey. I think their tandem and net is the best tandem in hockey. I think they've been a team that traditionally plays a great combination between uh, structural soundness and explosiveness. Um, But they better get it together quick because, like you said a little earlier, the Rangers are going to breathe
2: down their neck. Yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I just think they're not very good this year. I think it's one of those years where you have those years, it happens. Has gone bad, and and I know that 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 the Bergeron line is really good. You can't be a one line team in the playoffs, and losing Chara and Krug has really hurt them, especially when McAvoy's hurt, which he has been recently. Uh, I think they're rotten on defense.
0: Tim, refresh my memory where Tory Krug plays college hockey. Uh, that would be at the Michigan State University.
2: Thanks, thanks. I think you leave. overestimate the interest the listeners have in that crap. Mark, I've been selling it
1: since I got into this market, and I will sell it until I'm no longer in this market. That work will never be done. Oh no. If you say so. <laughs> I mean, it's the, the point is never going to be driven home. It's never going to be accepted. So I'm going to keep screaming in the wind here. Uh, hey, I wonder, before we get out of here, I just wanted to uh, pass along to you guys some observations from Phil Bork, who does a weekly hit on the DVE Morning Show. And uh, we were talking about Carter up. Full disclosure, I can't remember the last time I've seen Jeff Carter play. I haven't seen the Kings play in forever. I know he's 36. I know he doesn't score as much as he used to. But here's what Borky said to look for. Does he have enough speed to generate chances? Is he responsible defensively? And does he play with a passion? Does it look like he gives a damn? If you see those things then you know he's still got juice in the tank at
2: 36.
0: Yeah, that sounds yeah. good for somebody who's going to be on the bottom six, but not if he's going to be the, he's centering the second line, which is where they have him right now.
2: Well, you see, I think the best thing about Carter is he's shot first. He looks to shoot. His stats from the Kings, if you transfer them to the Penguins, he'd rank third on the team in shots on goal. I think the Penguins lack that, need that. And now with Carter and McCann, they got two guys like that.
0: Would you Close prefer to see... Would you oh, prefer to see ahead, Carter Tim. centering that line as opposed to McCann? Because I'd rather see McCann well, right,
2: right now. I'd rather see McCann at center, Zucker at left and Carter at right. Yeah. They've taken everybody and put them in a different position right. than they were playing the last time they played. And I don't understand that. Yeah, but I is I don't McCann get that more likely to shoot on wing than he is at center? I don't think it makes a difference. I, I gotta be honest, I, I think that's bad coaching. I, I think they should leave the two guys who had been here where they're comfortable at. I think they're putting Carter at center because he prefers to play center. And for a new guy who ain't done squat this year, that's a bad move. I don't care what he did a million years ago.
0: And Mike, for people, because I keep getting crap from Penguins fans just saying that I'm comparing it to the potential of the Marlowe trade too much. We'll tell you what, I'll stop comparing it to the Marlowe trade when these bunyaks stop telling me he's the next Bill Guerin because he ain't.
2: Yeah, might be. be. No, No, he might be. I think Jeff Carter can still be a pretty good player. But uh, I don't like veteran respect being given that was earned somewhere else. Uh, Jared McCann is a proven commodity. Jeff Zucker, at the positions they played, why move them for this new guy whose team couldn't cut the mustard and traded him because he really wasn't cutting the mustard? That's a pretty good uh,
1: closing thought, Mark, if you want to let it stand as as such.
2: Uh, Did Jeff Carter play college hockey? No.
0: No, he did and not. I have
2: nothing else
1: to say.
0: Dave, <laughs> <laughs> you got anything
1: to uh, leave us with? Any uh, insights or wisdoms?
0: Uh, the only insights or wisdoms that i point out is uh, I would like to know if we can find on the Fox Bet app, Mike, uh, anywhere where we can gamble on over-unders in terms of minutes played in baseball games because I'm going over all day. I mean, Boy. are we going to see a baseball game that's done in under four hours here?
1: Well, I think they got in just under last night.
0: Yeah, they got it. Yeah, you're right. They got in under last night, but that that game where it was eight to four had to be one of the most tedious sporting events I've ever seen in my life. Did that I Alfred don't... play last night? I don't know if he did. I, I don't know. I did didn't. Who? How
2: about How about before last night? And, and ordinarily, as a sports talk host, I'd be ashamed to not know if he played last night. But I don't give a crap about the Pirates. So, so if you don't like it, don't listen to this or my show or to anything I have anything to do with. But before last night's game, Alfred was 0 for 19 with 15 strikeouts. How the frig is that guy in the major leagues? How the frig is he starting ever? You don't need to send him down to Triple A. You need to send him
0: down to T-ball. He'd swing well, and miss at the T. Yeah.
2: Greg I did
1: that. hit his first home run last night. He's now got one home run and one RBI. And uh, my closing thought also relates to baseball. I've been uh, having some fun, or so I thought I would have some fun. At, since the beginning of the year, I've had a – Parlay working, bet on the Yankees and bet on who is ever playing the Pirates. And uh, the theory was that the parlay odds, it takes away that minus 275, minus 300 single game thing. So far, the Yankees stink and the Pirates are better than expected. But like <laughs> my faith in the Boston Bruins, I'm keeping my faith in this parlay. Uh, so far, it has performed at a minus $13 uh, over 12 separate $100 bets. I'm going to keep banging it and see what happens at least uh,
2: for a little while. I love,
0: that we can, I love that we can keep track of gambling stats now. That's what I love about these apps the most. They keep track of your own stats for you.
2: Now, as near as I can ascertain here, uh, going through a couple of websites, it looks like Alfred did not play last night. So what a great managerial decision by Sheltie. He's finally <laughs> starting to catch on. You know, he's got to play somebody, man. You know, you look down that bench and it's not not a lot of options jumping out at you. Oh, yeah, but that, that game the other night, like Tim said, it was tedious. And you got Alfred O for 5 and you got that defo dork with the golden sombrero <laughs> for strikeouts. And people paid to see that. That's one thing it's important to remember. People paid to see that.
1: And at least one guy in town appreciated that they did. That's going to do it for us. Uh, we'll be doing this again uh, next Thursday. Tim, I
0: believe you are uh, taking a well-deserved yeah, vacation next can, week. So. You can bet on the under for me next week. I will there be was- under the covers at Hawaii time. Uh, what would that be, about 5 o'clock in the morning while you guys are recording? By so. yeah, my it.
2: way, I'd be under the table. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Until uh, next week, uh, thanks for finding us, however and wherever you did. Uh, for Tim Benz and Mark Madden, I'm Mike Persuda. You have been listening to the Fox Bet